0: Welcome to Creative BioLabs. We provide reliable oncolytic virus therapy development services for clients globally. Our service covers all aspects from virus engineering, cell biology, to animal testing. We have archived professional academic reports and the latest scientific progress on oncolytic virus therapy by making it into a podcast column. You can subscribe us to follow the latest updates on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.
1: Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning into Creative BioLabs podcast series on oncolytic virus therapy. In today's program, we will focus on the detection of tumor antigen-specific T-cell responses after oncolytic vaccination. And we have invited one of the best experts in the field of cancer treatment to help us answer all the questions we have for today's program. Jensen and his team has been working on immunotherapy, particularly oncolytic virotherapy, for years. Thank you for joining us today, Jensen.
0: Thanks for inviting me.
1: We know that the oncolytic virus has a long history of treating tumors. Can you briefly go over how the research on the oncolytic virus all started and how it is now?
0: Yeah, so the initial research on oncolytic viruses was very simple. At that time, scientists believed that oncolytic virus could eliminate cancer because of its killing ability. And then, you know, as the science and technologies were progressing, scientists slowly realized that the oncolytic virus not only can kill tumor cells, It can also change the activity of immune response. After getting this conclusion, scientists then redirected their focuses and began to study how to use the oncolytic virus to enhance anti-tumor immunity instead of just using its killing ability.
1: So you meant the oncolytic virus is now more like a tool for regulating immune function, and immune function is the key to fight and eliminate tumors?
0: That's absolutely right. Oncolytic virus is a powerful and effective biological tool to enhance anti-tumor immunity. Scientists are working to apply the excellent potential of oncolytic viruses to a variety of cancer treatments.
1: Can you tell us what changes will occur after the tumor is targeted by the recombinant oncolytic virus vaccine?
0: Yeah, the most obvious change is those targeted tumor cells will undergo immunogenic cell death which triggers innate and adaptive anti-tumor immunity. In order to further promote the adaptability of cancer immune monitoring, or to improve the anti-tumor immunity, our team and some other groups have introduced some transgenic genes, encoding tumor-associated antigens into the viral genome. A tumor-associated antigen is the antigen molecules existing in tumor cells or normal cells. Tumor-associated antigen is not unique to tumor cells. Normal cells can synthesize a small amount of tumor-associated antigen, which is highly expressed when tumor cells proliferate. Tumors from the same tissue type have the same tumor-associated antigen in different individuals. It is often used in the diagnosis of clinical tumor.
1: Why do you introduce transgenic genes encoding tumor-associated antigens into the viral genome?
0: Because by doing this, you can get a very strong anti-tumor efficacy, at least shown in preclinical models and phase 1 and 2 clinical trials for patients with melanoma-associated antigen A3-positive cancer, such as skin cancer, non-small cell lung cancer, breast cancer, and gastric esophageal tumor. On the one hand, oncolysis of malignant entities infected by recombinant oncolytic virus restored cancer immune monitoring. On the other hand, the overexpression of tumor-associated antigen in infected cells further stimulates the adaptive arm of anti-tumor immunity. The resulting so-called oncolytic cell vaccine has been shown to be more effective than the unarmed parent strain either as a single therapy or as a combination therapy. And we already have data supporting this conclusion, collected from immunocompetent mice with various ingeneic tumors. They included melanoma, prostate cancer, and ovarian cancer, lung cancer, or glioma. The mice were treated with oncolytic cell vaccines, based on vesicular stomatitis virus, malabar virus, vaccinia virus, Herpes simplex virus, or leaky forest virus.
1: Can you get into more depth on the reason why the injection of oncolytic cell vaccine causes the improvement of anti tumor activity?
0: Sure. It was by observation. Scientists found that the enhancement of anti tumor activity associated with oncolytic cell vaccine mainly depended on the secretion of interferon gamma activation or expansion of tumor specific CD8 T cells. Meaning that if we want to know the specific situation of tumor inhibition or elimination after oncolytic virus vaccine treatment, we need to detect the activity and number of CD8 T cells. In particular, the presence of tumor-specific CD8 T cells in and around the tumor microenvironment has proved the prognostic value of tumor therapy. It is also very crucial to evaluate this immune cell subset qualitatively and quantitatively in the development of effective cancer vaccines, including oncolytic cell vaccines.
1: Okay, so to evaluate and detect the activity and proliferation of CD8 T cells, what methods are usually used? Is there a specific marker?
0: Since these effector CD8 T cells can produce typical TC1 cytokine interferon gamma to test, a single cell immunological method is generally used, which is intracellular cytokine staining. After the vaccine, we use the cellular cytokine dye to count CD8 T cells in different tissues. Those organizations include tumors. Blood, lymphatic organs, etc. And regarding the intracellular cytokine staining, more specifically, it means that tetramers of MHC 1 molecules can be synthesized, labeled with fluorescence, and coupled to an epitope peptide of tumor associated antigen. So, MHC 1 tetramer staining can identify tumor specific CD8 T cells by combining with T cell receptors.
1: MHC-1 tetramer must be an indispensable tool in the field of cancer treatment.
0: Not exactly. So far, due to the inherent limitations, the application of MHC-1 tetramer in cancer treatment has been limited.
1: What do you mean by the inherent limitations?
0: This just means that MHC-1 tetramer's T-cell receptors' interaction with homologous T-cells is weak, so they lack sensitivity. This shortcoming will lead to inaccurate detection of cells.
1: If they lack sensitivity, is there a more or highly sensitive or efficient detection factor that can be used?
0: Yes, we can instead use perforin and granzyme B. These two factors are stored in membrane-bound secretory lysosomes, and the resting cytotoxic T lymphocytes can be easily detected by flow cytometry with fluorescent antibody intracellular staining. However, monitoring degranulation requires pre-stimulation of T lymphocytes, in the presence of protein transport inhibitors, and fluorescent antibodies targeting CD107A. This means that the experiment is more difficult. The latter marker, also known as lysosome-associated membrane protein 1, is inserted into the lipid bilayer around the granular nucleus and exposed to the surface after degranulation of cytotoxic T lymphocytes, so it can resist cd 107 staining. Nevertheless, CD8-plus-T cells producing interferon gamma is still a typical index of TC1 reaction.
1: And speaking of interferon gamma, can you briefly introduce this cytokine?
0: Sure. Interferon gamma is a kind of multi-effect cytokine with anti-cancer activity. It can upregulate the expression of MHC-1 in malignant cells, thus enhancing its antigenicity, which is conducive to the recognition and elimination of MHC-1 by cytotoxic T-lymphocytes. Interferon gamma can also inhibit cell proliferation and stimulate cell apoptosis, and it can reduce tumor angiogenesis and promote the closure of the vascular system by acting on some non-transformed cells that constitute the tumor microenvironment. In fact, the detection of interferon gamma can be performed by what we just talked about, the intracellular cytokine staining, or enzyme-linked immunospot assay, and the size of cytotoxic T-lymphocyte reaction can be informed.
1: What are the similarities or differences between intracellular cytokine staining and enzyme-linked immunospot assay?
0: well, they both need pre-stimulation of T cells with or without blocking the secretory pathway, respectively. However, considering its strong sensitivity, enzyme-linked immunospot assay is better at measuring weak TC1 response than intracellular cytokine staining. For example, it targets the tumor antigen with poor immunogenicity. On the other hand, Intracellular cytokine staining allows multifunctional tumor-specific 8 t cells to co-produce interleukin-2 and interferon-alpha so as to provide qualitative input.
1: Is it just for the cd 8 t cells, or are there other types of cells that can represent the therapeutic effect of the cancer virus?
0: This is an interesting question. There is indeed an exceptional case of oncolytic cell vesicular stomatitis virus encoding a tumor-associated antigen library in the treatment of melanoma and prostate cancer in mice. It can be seen from their reports that the antitumor activity seems to depend on the secretion of interleukin-17 by cancer-specific CD4 T cells. Nevertheless, the effectiveness of the experimental methods they used benefited from the combined effect of interleukin-2, or immune checkpoint blockade.
1: Great. Thanks Jensen for sharing your expertise with us. We again reached the end of today's program. We talked about the detection of tumor antigen-specific T-cell responses today, and we'll continue with our oncolytic viruses topic in the next episode. Thanks everyone for listening.